da 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 You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Showtime. So it's a little late, but I guess better late than never, Brian. Yes. Um, Finally getting to talk Medea. Gosh, I've been waiting for years. Medea's boo, how we meant to do a premiere episode. We meant to do like we did with Star Wars and just come straight after the screening. And, <laughs> after our midnight screening. And record it. I saw it, it twice. Yeah. And but Brian had to see it twice, so I just went on home, went to bed. And, Happy uh, to here sleep. We are. Yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> no, that's another conversation that we need to have here in about two minutes. But uh, the accountant came out a couple weeks ago, still worthy of a talk, I think. Uh, we didn't get yeah. to it. We had other stuff that took precedent. I think Rance mm-hmm. and Rave's TV pilots yeah. took precedent. We had to do eight hours on terrible TV shows. I had to, like I said last week, I had to watch over 18 hours of uh, terrible, <laughs> me- mediocre to okay TV pilots. That's my, I guess, teaser for that episode. There's no better way to spend a month, I would say. (laughs) I apologize in advance for not going enough in depth on the episodes uh, on every TV show last week. Uh, We could have made it a nine hour episode (laughs) if we wanted, but had to keep it short. Yeah. And we uh, decided to the short two hours for you guys. Right. So, right. We decided that we would prefer you to be able to watch all of the Lord of the Rings movies rather than listen to us talk about the TV show. <laughs> exactly. Same amount of time. Just watch the trilogy and then we would still be talking about <laughs> how bad these TV pilots were. That's, right. Yeah. That would be what if it happened. Still but, me uh, heavy sighing about Kevin can wait. Having said that, I got everything out about those last week. So have at mm-hmm. it, listener. Enjoy that. And we'll see you next year on that front. <laughs> so, Maybe we should do a spring one too, since there's so many shows that pop up in the uh, in the winter or in like January and early February. So if you yeah, want to put I, ourselves through that, we, we that do hell need to do again. that. There's going to be a lot of downtime, so we'll see. But, <laughs> all right. So Richard is absent tonight. Oh, uh, thank God. Did not make it on time. I think he's actually in New York, like on a corner, like miming, like trying to start up his acting career. So if you see him, drop him a dollar. Right. He'll be in the He's cardigan. The only mine wearing a cardigan. Dang yeah. it. Dang great, it. Great minds think alike. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So it's Brian and I here, uh, the uh, accountant, uh, Ben Affleck in The Accountant, and uh, Anna Kendrick in The Accountant. And it's going to be a fun one to talk about with you, Brian, because I yes. know you've seen it. You saw it right after it came out. I was late to the party. My apologies, but uh, still plenty of conversation to be had. And I'm excited for that a little bit later on as the movie of the week, the mm-hmm. official movie of the week, mind you. There are, mm-hmm. there are a lot of movies this week, but right. it's the official one. So The only one we've stamped. A lot of movies came out and a lot to recap this week. A lot of movie news to talk, a lot to catch up on, a lot of rumblings. So many, just the amount of rumblings, so many this rumblings. is overwhelming me in the rumblings category. But uh, we need to recap last week. Yeah, um, it's fun. It's a funny weekend in the movie, I guess, uh, Twitter world. Yeah, it's that's always seems like it is that way. Where the weeks where, like last week, again, our episode is two hours plus long, so we had a lot to talk about. We really didn't have time for news, and there was so much happening. And then a normal week where we're like, "Hey, let's see what's going on," and we can talk about it at the beginning of the show. And it's like, well, this guy got cast as the seventh lead in a 
Simon West movie. Like right. it's just there's nothing out there until we need there to be it. Their interest level wasn't there, but luckily yeah. this week there is. And you know what, Brian? You and I here alone tonight, <laughs> just kind of cozy here. You know, like sitting by the uh-huh. fire with our cups of cocoa, having this convo, right. like we do every night. Right. And uh, <laughs> with our cigars and robes. Right. Little like inside baseball gentlemen. there. Exactly. Kent and I Skype each other every night, even if we're not recording. <laughs> it's, just, a, it's a tradition, hey buddy, unlike any wind, other. Yeah. Wind, yeah, wind down and uh, make sure every, our days went well. Just chat. One of the things we like to do and chat about in our fireside chats featuring Kent <laughs> and Brian, that's our side shoot podcast coming soon. We never invite Richard. The fireside chats with Kent and Brian. Uh, we like to talk Star Wars when it's just you and I here on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and at being the official podcast of Star Wars, mm-hmm. uh, according to our cease and desist, we are the official right. podcast of Star Wars. Patent pending. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we <laughs> we haven't talked about it enough in the past couple months. I feel like we haven't talked Star Wars since the last movie, to be honest with right. you. Um, <laughs> sure. Luckily, there's some stuff to talk about. So um, maybe the biggest, juiciest rumor or news bit coming mm-hmm. out of that world. Uh, well, first of all, Rogue One is just... Days away, it feels like. Yeah. Um, five weeks, six weeks, something mm-hmm. like that. Should be able to buy tickets. Did we talk about that new Rogue One trailer officially on the show? Have we, we had have that? Not. I don't we feel like talked we about talked about that. The, the, what, the last trailer. Yeah. We didn't do a, a full hour-long breakdown like we've done for some <laughs> of the trailers in the past. But uh, no, yeah. we, haven't, we haven't had a chance to talk about it. What do you think? Man, I'm still all in. Yeah, same. Um, I don't know what else to say except show me the movie. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. want them to spoil too much. Luckily, they haven't. Yeah, I, don't I think feel it's been like perfect. Marketing. I think it's been a very good amount of teaser, mm-hmm. rather than um, trying to tell us what it's all about. We know what it's about, I guess. Um, right. But it's just kind of hints at the characters, hints at their abilities, and is a little glimpse of Vader here and there, um, which is cool. I-, I hope there's not too much Vader. I'm going to say that at the outset. I hope yeah. there's not too much Vader. I hope they sprinkle in the Vader. Mm-hmm. In Rogue One, uh, I hope it's an all-new villain, an all-new story, really, that kind of yeah. is obviously in the same world as Star Wars. But uh, I hope it's not, um, I don't want to say Force awakens in the fact that it's just going to be callback to everything we know. Um, I would rather save those, the trilogy, the, the uh, I guess, the Ryan Johnson movie and the Trevor mm-hmm. movie for the kind of callbacks. Like, I'm fine with it in those, you know, because that's yeah. kind of, that's Star Wars. The These offshoot ones, I want them to be different, yeah. honestly. they're their own stories. And yeah. uh, maybe Vader being involved is going to be a, a good thing. Maybe it's a take on Vader that we've never seen. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of mystery there, so that's good. But I hope it's its own thing. And I hope it's yes. not calling too much back on the original trilogy. That'll be my think, one uh, kind of thought yeah. going in. I think you're going to get that. I think he's going to have, if I had to bet, I would, I would guess that Darth Vader is in and or key to less than five scenes. Like I would put the over under at 4.5 five scenes. Oh, I think it'll yeah. be less than that. Uh, yeah, I, I do think too. it'll that's be I, three like at the very end. That's, that's kind of, yeah, I, I'm guessing there's going to be some kind of an, a, an early Vader entrance. And then like you see the back of his helmet and you know who it uh, is. And then it yeah. cuts back to Jen or so in some yeah. other location, sure. you know, and then it comes, cuts back to Vader. I could see that. Yeah. yeah. Maybe later in the movie when it, when yes. things really start to heat up, when he starts to get pissed about the plans, you know? Right. Yeah. But it's not <laughs> his movie. That's right. the thing. I don't yeah. think it, 
it's Krennic's movie. It's Ben Mendelsohn, and I'm super excited about that character and what he's going to bring to the table. I think he is. I've heard a. I've heard. I've tried to avoid any kind of like real spoiler or anything, mm-hmm. but just the general buzz is. He looks menacing. This, he does, and that, that this character is <laughs> um, maybe willing to uh, do stuff that some of the other. Uh, some of the others who are in charge of the Empire would not do. He is much more willing to, to uh, make human sacrifice, let's say, than wow. maybe Grand Moff Tarkin or somebody like that, which is is going to be make for an interesting character, I think. A very dark character. I am so excited for Gareth Edwards, man. Same. I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm more excited for that than any performance, any, like, cost you know death the death troopers or k2so or any of the elements in the movie i'm more excited just <laughs> to see what edwards can do like yeah just show me what you got man that's 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 what i'm going to be paying attention to and, and focusing mm-hmm. on is just how he can play in this world and i have a lot of faith i'll say that at the outset too i have a lot of faith in him and, mm-hmm. and we'll Same. see we really will see um plot twist here kind of uh mads mickelson is on the good side apparently in this isn't Possibly. he like Jan I mean, dad or something? Or? Yeah, it it seems like he's been kidnapped and forced to uh to make the Death Star, basically. That's what it okay. seems like anyway. So I guess we'll find out if that is truly a you know, we're gonna kill your daughter if you don't build uh-huh. the Death Star, or or if he is in fact uh a bad guy in, in waiting or so I'm I'm excited to see how that how that plays out. Such a such an interesting kind of thing that they've done when they just flip star Wars on its head so much with these new movies mm-hmm. kind of just, sure. Oh, you want to see, you, you remember the, uh, iconic tie fighter, uh, millennium Falcon sequence from the original films. Oh, we're going to do it on the desert or inside a star <laughs> destroyer. Uh, right. this one's like, you remember the ad at scene from empire strikes back. We're going to do it on a beach, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> like in mm-hmm. Hawaii. Uh, right. With stormtroopers in the water, you know, like, uh, it's just, it somehow oddly fits, you know, yeah, it's just crazy. The type of stuff you can come up with that feels right, you know, like yes. the crazy well, stuff it, you never would have thought would yes. ever feel right. And and you can show the vastness of the Star Wars universe and that maybe this is just an, just super nerdy, but I love that the AT-ATs are on the beach and that the... Because the, the vehicles and the crafts are are some of the coolest part of Star Wars, and to show, if not the coolest part, <laughs> yeah, it, to show the versatility of those ships and vehicles and stuff is really for me for my nerd out Star Wars brain is a really cool piece yeah. of uh, like piece of knowledge to drop of like hey by the way those these huge uh, giant mechanical elephants are. There are they are multi-purpose. I'm like, oh gosh, that's awesome. It's like they didn't invent something new for that terrain. They're like, no, these can do that too. Exactly, they're awesome. They're like giant ATVs. (laughs) Men love ATVs, the monster trucks, and everything. Uh, We're good. We're good. We love it. I mean, I can't wait to see Mm -hmm. just the stuff we've seen in the trailer. I'm sure it's just far more than that. Even yeah, just knowing Gareth Edwards and what he gives away in trailers. Uh, Man. So well, they've just so far. It's the same as Force Awakens, where it felt like every step along the way they are knocking it out of the park, and it's the same here. The cast is fantastic. We are both super hyped for Gareth Edwards as a director. Uh, the posters look great. The trailers have all been great. If you take away this weird, I think 
foolish buzz about, oh, they're having to do reshoots, which were scheduled months in advance and everybody knew were going to happen. Um, for some reason, that became a story, I think, just because it's Star Wars. And if you take that away, I think everybody is is expecting, uh, you know, it to be not box office wise, but but quality wise up to the standard of of Force Awakens and and anything else. It's I don't just, think it'll no, it be can't box make office kind of wise. Money. I don't I don't see it. Believe it or not, Brian, I don't see this being a huge money maker. I mean, I see it making a ton uh, for its weekend, but I don't see in the in the big run out of the Star Wars films we have. I don't even see this being in the top three as far as like gross amount yeah. of money or anything like that you know what i mean far off. it would surprise me if it became it wouldn't uh, surprise me if it wins the weekend and the next weekend yeah. it's oh, number yeah. two it, i think it definitely i think it's got two weeks at least of, of run, well, i can't remember what comes after uh because it's a it's christmas pretty much is that next week and I, I don't feel like there's anything that's like assassins yeah maybe assassins creed i, I don't know how that's gonna do uh, anyway it wouldn't surprise me to see passengers that's gonna be huge yeah I think it may end up winning two weekends, but it's Star Wars Force Awakens got I think two hundred and fifty million dollars opening weekend, yeah, two forty seven, two forty eight. I think you're looking at maybe I it'll I think it definitely breaks a hundred. I think it's a hundred to a hundred and twenty. Yeah. I'd be surprised if it made more than a hundred and fifty. Yeah, I would too. I think yeah, I would be surprised at that. I think one fifty is kind of its top end. If things went really well, I mean, when, and when you're talking about a franchise that is as popular, I mean, a hundred million dollars less on opening weekend is kind of, I mean, it's not a failure by any means, but no, it's just like no. it's just a different thing, you know. That, yeah. That's kind of proof that it's a, it's its own thing. It's not, it's not. I, mean, I bet Episode Eight will make over two hundred million dollars when it comes out because of the yes. Ray and yeah. the, you know. The Kylo Ren that will be in the trailer, and everybody will just be so psyched to see BB-8 and all that, and you know, and mm-hmm. that's gonna be that's gonna be huge. But I just don't see Rogue One. Right. I'm I'm glad that they're playing it like they are. They're not. I don't feel like they're pushing it nearly as hard as they pushed The Force Awakens by any means, as far as the mm-hmm. stuff that's just everywhere, like in your face, like your Campbell soup is just Star Wars, you know, and your sure your toothpaste is Star Wars. Like every it's just all it's hitting you in the face every day. Right, and you're not right. even tr- letting it. Uh, but man, still more to talk, other than Rogue One. Believe it or not, mm-hmm. <laughs> after this movie is Episode Eight, and after that movie, we believe is the movie we're talking about, which is uh, working title, Untitled Han Solo origin film. <laughs> I believe yeah. that's the correct term. <laughs> uh, there's some casting news. On the sidekick front, or the, I guess, uh, co-starring front. Yeah, co-lead, sure. Co-lead. Uh, Lando has been cast as Donald Glover. Yes. Childish Gambino from Parks. No, not from Parks, uh, Community. Mm-hmm. And Atlanta. In Atlanta, the newfound Atlanta, which we talked last week, mm-hmm. which we enjoyed. Teaser. Oh, very good. Very good. So, seems perfect to me. Yes, same here. Seems perfect for Lord Miller. Seems perfect for Lando. I'm just thinking about personalities, and I'm thinking about Donald Glover. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're very similar in their comedic stylings, I guess. Sure. Uh, Billy D. Williams in his heyday is very comparable to Donald Glover and what they kind of bring to the table. And Donald Glover is a rising star, I think. I think he's a... Yes, agree. 
he's a rising star not only on the screen but like we said musically too he's a multi-talented guy and uh this is gonna be his big break for sure for sure yeah and uh i'm i'm really excited about this this was a this is a pleasant surprise when we saw this come across the the scroll the ticker right yeah we were all pretty excited about it you know I love Michael B. Jordan. I think I could, I'd be happy if Michael G. B. Jordan was cast in literally anything. He could play me in a biopic. I'm good with that. Um, Young Mace Windu should be Michael B. Jordan. Okay, I'm in. I'm 100%. At some point, I would really love to have Michael B. Jordan involved in this universe. If I can't get that, and truly, moreover, Donald Glover fits that role so, so well. Like That, that seems almost too good to be true. On His hair cast. has been the same as... Lando's for like the past three years. Like he's yeah. he's been he's been walking around as Lando forever. Sure. I mean, it's uh, it seems kind of obvious, like cliche to say, "Oh, Donald Glover is Lando," yes, you know. Yes, but it's exactly, like, yes, exactly. of course. Like, there is there, you know, like if they're gonna do the Freddie Mercury thing, like Sasha Baron Cohen as Freddie Mercury. Yes, you cast <laughs> yes, him, of course, yes, of course exactly. you do. You know, exactly. Uh, yes, he fits really- perfectly. He'll fit the tone very well, I think. In Donald Glover, if you've only seen Donald Glover in Community or, I don't know, you only know him as the 12th guy in The Martian or something like that, Donald Glover is an incredible talent, an incredibly diverse, all-around, crazy, talented person as an actor, as a comedian, as a performer, as an artist. I mean, he's he's otherworldly. The knock on Donald Glover is that he's so talented that he doesn't focus, that he can, like— well, I'm going to quit community so I can go make an album or I'm going to do this instead of this or this instead of this, you know, um, which is kind of similar a little bit to Jack White and just this kind of almost uh, ADD sort of career that that uh, that he's been on to this point. This is the abs. This is the moment where he breaks out. Like this is the thing that takes him from um, a guy that. I think is well known, but is probably not. Nearly he's only, he's well known in dorm rooms. He's not well yes, known like your mom exactly. doesn't know who right. he is. Middle Middle America does not know who Donald Glover is. They might recognize. Not Middle America might know his face, but they probably say, "Oh yeah, that's the guy from you know this thing or whatever." We got several people that tweeted at us or emailed us and said, "I'm not sure about this." Just based on um, Star Wars has always been very good working with, uh, unknowns with people that the average American doesn't know. And, and Donald Glover's kind of big. And I, and to that, we say exactly what Kent just said. It's he's, he's not, he's not there. He's, he's where, not on that level. He's and where Adam driver was. He's where, yes. uh, Oscar he, Isaac, where Oscar Isaac was. Yeah. yeah. Or John, he's, not John Boyega. He was kind of smaller, but sure. He's probably, he's much more well-known than, than Daisy Ridley, but, um, so many, I mean, even the guy, the guy who's playing Han, uh, Alden, uh, uh, Aaron Rick, there it is. Uh, thanks. He, he's extremely unknown as well. I think just because you've been in a couple of movies doesn't mean that you're not still an unknown. You know what I mean? Like that's, and I think, um, for one, just get the right people to play. I don't care if they're known, unknown or whatever, but I think, I think when you combine those two factors, it's, it's perfect. Like he's not going, Donald Glover is not going to distract from, uh, the screen. You're not going to walk away being like, man, it was really hard to take Donald Glover seriously as Lando Calrissian. You know, everybody's going to come out saying, man, that guy was awesome as Lando Calrissian. How funny is that? Who is that guy? You know, that's, I think that's much more likely how it's going to go for the average person. Yeah. I could just kind of envision the world that they're planning here mm-hmm. with yeah. that, with Han and Lando kind of playing off each other. I super mm-hmm. excited for that. Definitely. Super excited for the card game that they're probably going to have where Han wins mm-hmm. the Falcon from Lando. 
Yeah. You know, that's going to be an awesome scene in this movie. I can just imagine the screenwriting session for that, you know? Yeah. And that's probably like the audition, you know, uh, for Lando. But I, that's what I would think. That's just such an integral part of star Wars lore and everything, you know, uh, with the gold dice and everything that Mm -hmm. that's just going to be such a cool moment. And just thinking about this and I'm asking you, Brian, because I really don't know. I haven't looked a lot at Wikipedia. Like you probably have, <laughs> sure, but every, it can't. <laughs> I'm a major contributor, uh-huh. right? Can uh, can we possibly have young Chewie in this, or is he yeah. always been old? No. Oh well, I mean, I don't know how much younger he would he would be, but it, I think we're definitely getting smaller Chewie. That's what I'm asking. Like <laughs> no, five foot five Chewie. I don't think we're going to get small Chewie. I think we're just going to get uh, younger, quote unquote, younger Chewie, which I don't know how you would tell other than just general. Just more energy. Yeah, Yeah, more energy and stuff. So um, I think that I think you will get a younger Chewie who matches uh, younger. Maybe playing more for comic relief than they ever have. Like, yeah, you really did that with Force Awakens, but Mm -hmm. you use them incredibly well. They can really use them in this. You would you would think. I think it, it could be, be Han and Chewie for the majority of the movie, which I'm fine with. Yes, a hundred percent. I know you no, are. The the canon for Chewbacca is that is Han. I believe is Han. Han rescued him from essentially from a slave planet. What or if it a... opens with that? Okay. What, or what if they have to have that sequence? <laughs> I'm just thinking, yeah. like, man, it's just gonna. There's... I think we're definitely in for a scene in which. Han and Chewbacca meet, or maybe it's done in flashback or some form, but I, I, I think we're going to get the Han Chewie origin as well as the, you know, just general Han origin. And I'm super stoked about that. I know a lot of people aren't. I was, was going to say, about this, I, but I, I was I totally am. I was totally, totally on the other side. Probably last time we talked about this, I was like, I don't want this. I don't need yeah. an offshoot Han movie. Uh, <laughs> I has, want more, has, more stuff like Rogue One, you know? I want sure. more stories that has haven't been told. Has this changed your, your point of view as far um, as, like, kind of the, the stuff that's come down the pipes and what we know about it now? Yeah, it, to- just because I can kind of see what they're putting together, you know? Sure. Just the the female lead that they're going to announce is going to be integral, too, because yeah. you know there's going to be a, fe- a strong mm-hmm. female lead here, and I'm excited to see who that could be. So mm-hmm. I'm just... I'm all ears, kind of. I, I haven't made up my mind completely. We'll see at the end of the day. I mean, we got to see trailers and stuff, of course. But not like that. I, of course, I'll see it, and I'm going to be excited because it's Star Wars. But uh, am I going to think at the end of the day that they could have used their time and money on something better? We'll see. Mm-hmm. Because that sure. that's kind of in the back of my mind, too, that they can tell a different story than this. Sure. I think this um, yeah. is an easy one to start. I, I really do. I think Rogue One was safe one to start was with. a safe one to start with as far as um, these you know these anthology stories go. And I think uh, I think Han is a very safe uh, origin story to to play around with and and see how that works and kind of and for me more than anything else. And I, I've said this. I've probably said this before, but it's really not even so much about. Um, <sighs> It's very easy for us to say, I don't want this movie or that movie or this remake or that sequel or whatever. The fact of the matter is they're, these studios are going to keep greenlighting movies like this because they make money. So for us, I think for, for our purposes, the main focus of our, our angst or our energy should be based on like, are you picking the right properties? And then maybe even more so, 
are you getting the right talent to make this movie? Are you getting good filmmakers? Are you getting good writers? Are you casting people who will do well in the, in the roles, not just names and or faces that will put butts in the seats? You know, Miles so, Teller, as that, that's what they would have done. Yes. That, it, if, if Disney didn't care, if they were in this yes. to make money, they would have cast Miles Teller as Han Solo yes. if and DC, called it a day. Or excuse me, if Warner Brothers was in yeah. charge of Star Wars, you would probably have had a Miles Teller Han Solo movie by now. You know, so that's the thing is like, look, yes, I I understand the 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 general idea of like, I really just don't want them overdoing all these Star Wars origin stories. And I get that. It's going to happen. They're going to keep pumping these movies out. So can we just, can you give me the right people in charge? So like, okay, you don't really want a Han Solo movie. That's fine. But it's going to be directed by Lord and Miller who have truly have yet to miss. Like they are batting a hundred or a thousand, excuse me, at this point, it would suck if they were batting a hundred. Uh, they're batting a thousand at this point. That's Adam Sandler. And, uh, <laughs> if that. He's less than, he's less than a hundred maybe. Gosh, Billy Madison is just still holding up his batting <laughs> up to the Mendoza line, but uh, you know, all of these choices that they make along the way, you're just like, yeah, that that's perfect. Like that totally works. And so to me that, that a hundred percent trumps whatever fear or trepidation I might have about overkill or this particular project or, you know, Disney yeah. or whatever else. It's just all that kind of goes by the wayside when you, when you tell me, yeah, but it's going to be this guy doing this with this, with these people behind the camera. You're just like, okay, yeah. that sounds awesome. I'm totally in. Yeah. It, uh, it's just so funny. I don't know if we talked about it on the show at length. We maybe mentioned it in recommends or something, but George Lucas's kind of fall from grace in the past, I don't know, four years. Have we talked about that in depth? Just kind of his response to <laughs> The Force Awakens and sure. how they rejected all his ideas and everything. He's just like a sad George now, you know? Yeah, yeah. What do you think about all that? I mean, I feel bad for for uncle george in a lot of ways but at the same time it's four billion dollars yeah how can you feel bad it's, for the guy it's so funny i mean all that it, he's such a he's such a complicated guy and there we as a as a nerd society we have to have like such a super complicated relationship with him at this point it's it's a it's difficult to to figure out where he belongs in that spectrum and how we should feel about him because he made a great he made a super kind of a dumb deal in a lot of ways like he could have gotten don't you think he could have gotten twice what he what he got oh, from yeah Disney? he could have sold it for 10 billion i think so too and and yet he sold to disney because i think he knew in the back of his head like disney's if if i'm going to let anybody just run wild with my with my baby with my creation it's probably got to be disney i don't think anybody else can do it and so okay i'm gonna sell it and i'm gonna sell it at a really cheap rate to these guys but then i'm gonna kind of whine about it a little bit just just a little just over here and i'll be kind of grumpy about it it's a it's a weird thing that we that we have going in, in some ways it's very human of him um if you created something and then watch someone else go off and have quite honestly more success with it um, it would be weird, right? Like that would be an odd <laughs> sensation or an odd phenomenon to to sit through. But at the same time, he well, also that's not what happened, though. <laughs> it's not what happened. Well, BB-8 didn't exist. BB-8, but there was no BB-8. That's <laughs> that's not what that's not what happens. That's apocryphal. Well, how um, can you say that's episode seven <laughs> when that's not what happened in episode seven? 
<laughs> yes. Poor guy. I mean, you, you got to feel sorry for him a little bit. No. At the same time, you were like, hey, shut up. <laughs> He's awesome. So just you're going to have to chill, bro. I yeah, I don't feel – I mean, I kind of do feel sorry for him because he wants to be loved like everybody. Mm-hmm. Yes. There's a point where – and it never happened from years 1978, <laughs> basically, right after Star Wars came out until – 2012, there was not one person that told him, no, George, Yeah, on anything, yeah. one thing in his whole life. He sold the company. It didn't literally, legally didn't give him the right to any of this anymore, any mm-hmm. of Star Wars. So when they said, you know, I remember they made the announcement and Kathleen Kelly did this sit down with, I don't even know who it was, Charlie Rose or something, when they first announced the acquisition. Mm-hmm. And him handing over kind of Lucasfilm to her and why he picked Kathleen Kennedy and how they had been talking about it. And he talked about, you know, I've got ideas for the next three films and, you know, I'm bringing that with me. And Kathy was talking about, yeah, well, we're just so excited to see where we can go <laughs> on this journey together, you know, and have yeah. George there all along the way as the kind of Jedi, if you will, of Star Wars. And we'll be asking him, does this fit and all this stuff. And then you can tell something happened between then and uh, when J.J. Abrams hit said action on the first day where they probably went to pitch meetings with George and they're like, okay, what you got, George, kind of things. <laughs> and they heard it and they were like, nope, no, no not a chance that's ever going to yeah. happen. And Good idea, you feel bad buddy. for him in a way, him on the back. <laughs> but there's a point where you got to say this isn't what we need. He complains yeah. and he's like, Oh, they just wanted to make a throwback movie. They don't care about any kind of storytelling. They just want what the fans will pay for and all that, which is true to an extent. If you're reintroducing Star Wars to a new generation, you do want to introduce Star Wars to a new generation, which I kind of understand. And Mm -hmm. I guess we'll make our final judgment at the end of the day when the trilogy is complete. Mm -hmm. Um, We know Force Awakens is what it is now, but George... Wanted it to be something different, and it's just so crazy that what it became, where it was. I'm sure he wanted to direct it, probably, and there were so many conversations had. And he, I just, I just hate to be the Kathleen Kennedy who's probably her. God bless her, you know, all she's probably been through. Seriously, thank you, Lord, for her. Kevin Feige and her. I go to bed every night. Thank you, God, for Kevin Feige and (laughs) Kathleen Kennedy, and please help Zack Snyder. And <laughs> God, please, please, please help, help please help him. We please just help him, help him get out of this hole. Well, you just you pray, for, you pray for people like that. We, I like the idea of of uh, nightly <laughs> nightly bedtime movie prayers from Kent. <laughs> That's going to be our segment at the end of the show. Everybody, <laughs> dear, dear God, God, thank you for Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah, uh, uh, thank I, you for flaming guitar. <laughs> Amen. Amen. All right. <laughs> No, I'm just just the fact that he's not involved in Star Wars anymore is 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 crazy because he he came Star up with Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> it's his imagination. <laughs> we it's a, Brian as if we came into your head, took out your your ideas, and then <laughs> told you you can't have these aren't your ideas anymore. They're yeah. our ideas now, and yeah. you have nothing. I mean, and there there's billions of dollars in the movie theater, and people right. are saying that this this is the best. Brian's ideas we've ever seen. Brian never could have done this with his ideas. It is a little <laughs> bit like if uh, 
if <laughs> before if like in February of this this year, if the Cowboys had run Jerry Jones out of town somehow and then won seven straight Super Bowls, like just right. would be so after weird. he drafted Zeke like, and Dak and everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yes. And then they're just like, oh, sorry, Jerry, you're just for whatever reason, you're not allowed to own the, this team anymore. But uh, we're going to give you four billion dollars for it. And then he leaves and then they just just go crazy. And then you're just having to watch him every day. Like, but I am mm, just yeah. unsure of how to proceed in life. It would be kind of entertaining in a somewhat sad kind of way. Well, we used up all movie news time with Star Wars, which is fine. Yeah, but there's still stuff to talk about. There's some funny stuff to talk about with what happened with Jack Reacher and Medea <laughs> and all that stuff. And the Guardians trailer came out, which is greatness. Man. We need to talk about that. Eventually. Logan trailer was Logan dope. trailer oh, as well. Gosh, yeah. We'll get to those. We need Richard for those in a way though too. So sure. I'm glad we got to catch up on Star Wars. There's plenty to talk about as always. But that's a good lead-in to uh, our movie of the week. And so we are going to take a break, get some water, refresh our lovely speaking voices, and uh, we'll be back. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people, but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Well, let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter. Dot com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ziprecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. Hey, what's up, ma'am, fam? Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now, what the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh. It's sourced from local farms. And there's no wasted ingredients. I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now. And they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, soy glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron. Blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. So Ben Affleck is back, Brian. And this time in the role of the accountant. Hmm. This movie was placed strategically where mm-hmm. it is. Yes. Uh, release dates, I think. Where Very does this smart. where does this fall in your opinion? Well, we let me preface this by saying you know, we talked to Girl on the Train two weeks ago. I think was? so. Yeah. And I guess kind of officially kicked off Oscar talk 
Oscar season. But in your opinion, does this fit into that kind of category, or is this kind of a more John Wick kind of a we're throwing yeah. this out kind of a yeah, thing? Yeah, it's it's this it's the latter because there's we always think we 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 see we tend to gravitate during October, November, December to the Oscar buzzy sort of movies. But this is the this is the fall slash winter version of the summer blockbuster. And we all we get several of these. I mean, it seems like we're getting at least one a week right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get several of these every every fall. Um, they are, if nothing else, a movie like this is a is a good uh, tension breaker. Right. Like it's yeah, there's only so many times that you can go to the movies and see a movie like The Revenant without needing something that just is kind of pure uh, entertainment, if if nothing else. Typically, movies like this, I think Girl on the Train is much more guilty of attempting to be something more than it, than it really is. Uh, this movie, at, I, I think for the most part, it at least it's, it's out there trying to entertain and, and be uh, a, a fun action movie or or at least an enjoyable action movie, if not fun. Girl on the Train, I think definitely... I think when they went to production on Girl on mm-hmm. the Train, they thought, we're winning an Oscar for this one. And then as it kind of unfolds, you're like, no, not really. This is not going to happen. <laughs> um, you know, How about and, no? Right. And the Rotten Tomato score would, would reflect that. There's a little bit of that in The Accountant, but not. I don't think to that same degree. I don't think okay. it had Oscar aspirations so much as... To me, it's like almost the the opposite. It's like... This is just going to be kind of a fun, but a fall version of a fun action or entertaining action movie. And then it almost seems like there was rewrites at some point. And they're like, what if we tried to make it a little bit more Oscar-y? And then it, it, I think that's what, I think <laughs> They're setting that exact tone of voice, too. <laughs> yeah. What if we tried to make uh, it a little more Oscar-y? <laughs> Let's give it a shot. Uh, <laughs> but... Yeah, it's a, so I I appreciate that kind of movie. I think there's a hundred percent a place for multiple movies like this in the fall because I don't, like I said I I can't as much as I love Oscar movies I cannot watch seven Oscar or excuse me Terrence Malick movies in a month. I've got to have some kind of a of a break and uh, and that's where movies like The Accountant or Girl on the Train or you know, I guess Jack Reacher, if you're into Jack Reacher movies, you are. Uh, I'm not. I'm I not. haven't seen even the first one. You have. I have. Oh, I love Tom Cruise. Oh, yeah, that's what I thought. I love Tom Cruise movies. I don't, I don't understand Jack Reacher. It's a, I well, don't, un- I don't know. everyone, apparently. Yeah, overseas people, <laughs> love, oh, they love it overseas. But otherwise, uh, but yeah, I think, I think there's a hundred percent, there's a, there's a place for this kind of movie uh, during this time of the year. And, you know, this one, the accountant pulls it off to a degree at times. So I'm, I'm really, I've talked <laughs> a to rousing a endorsement bit. from Brian yeah. Gill. Pulls it off to <laughs> a degree at times. Put that, put that on the, the poster. Post. <laughs> lots of, uh, lots of periods like me. Um, <laughs> that is a perfect quote. Uh, pulls it off I'm to a degree to to at you. times. <laughs> yeah, at times, possibly. Uh, <laughs> Um, no, I'm excited to talk to you about it. I, I talked to Richard a little bit about this, knowing that he wasn't going to be on the episode and kind of got his thoughts on it. But I, I'm we have not talked about it at all because you refused to talk to us between shows. And I would I'm interested to see how you feel about the movie as a whole. I'm not allowed to talk to you between shows. Let's be real. <laughs> That's what the paper says. 
We, I want to know what you think about this because that's why I asked you that question because I didn't know what to think going in about this. Like, what am I, what am I going to see here? I just didn't, (laughs) didn't quite know. What about you? I thought if we could just get a, if I could just, if we could just be enjoyable, if it could be somewhere between mm, a Jason Bourne movie and (laughs) Shooter. You remember Shooter with Mark (laughs) Wahlberg? That's kind of what I had in mind. If if you could get somewhere between those two movies, I would be 100% thrilled and, and very happy with that. I was surprised at the Rotten Tomato score, and it's come up a bit since uh, since I saw it. When I went in to see it, I believe it was sitting somewhere between around 45%. It's come up to, to 50% since then. Um, I... But some some of the reviews, and I try really hard not to full on read a review before we have reviewed said movie because I don't want my you know I don't want my want my thoughts to be tainted. I don't want to break the seal, steal yeah. somebody, anything like that. Um, but I did see blurbs and and just various tweets and things like that, and some of the some of the reviews were just scathing, and I that surprised me. I was like, I can't I can't imagine this is going to really be that bad of a movie. Maybe it's just okay but it's weird it was weird to see people saying like in our review this week we eviscerate the accountant and stuff like that and you're like i don't know that it's gonna be evisceratable like that doesn't seem uh right and um <laughs> i i kind of get it now like i kind of kind of get it. i don't know <laughs> it, eviscerate the accountant it's uh this is a weird this is a weird movie in that um and I'm, again i'm interested to know how you feel about it but i I really liked the first two acts. I was I was super into it and I thought about an hour in I thought how in the world is this so poorly received? I don't get it. Like this is this is quality action. Ben Affleck's out here doing something and I'm I'm really enjoying what what's going on here. And then the third act kicks in and the stories all start to connect and I was like, "Oh, okay, now I get it." Like this is really this is taking it way, way, way too far. So I don't want to spoil anything, obviously, yet, but um, it it's kind of like watching two different movies. That first hour, <laughs> hour fifteen, I was like, "This is this is pretty awesome, man." I'm I'm a hundred percent in on this. And the last forty five minutes, you're just like, um, "What happened? <laughs> Where did the? Why are we trying to make this into?" an action movie version of crash. I don't, I don't understand <laughs> how all this stuff is supposed to interconnect. So that's kind of my, my general thought coming out. Uh, I was very confused at the shift uh, between the second and third act. So I'm kind of on the same page as you in a sense, but I really, I hated this at the beginning. It just okay. took me a while to kind of get going in that. I mean, it took me probably, I don't know, thirty minutes to for it to see any light at the end of the tunnel. Um, yeah. For me, it kind of picked up into the first act, into the second, and then off the end, it kind of jumps off the deep end, like you said. But uh, there's a kind of a chunk of meat in this movie. Um, yeah, yeah. Honestly, uh, there's a lot of good intention here. Um. Mm-hmm. I, I gotta have to put some of this on the director, actually all of it, on the director, uh, on the negative side, because there's a lot of good ideas here. There's a lot of good concepts for a movie here. There's a lot of good mm-hmm. intention. Like I said, there's a lot of good totally. ideas yep. for sequences and 
the way shots were assembled, uh, things like that. But there's also a lot of lack of thought in that too. It ends up being cliche (laughs) and it's just like, you roll your eyes at some of this stuff. And uh, that's a, that's a a bummer. So I'm going to put a lot of this on Gavin O'Connor. We haven't talked to any of his films on the show in the past, but we have seen them. Mm -hmm. And warrior is one of my favorite movies of all time. His last uh, true directorial effort is a, uh, is a borderline masterpiece. It's a, that is a fantastic, fantastic movie. If you haven't seen Warrior, yeah. I think it's on Netflix. That I've recommended it in the past on the show. That is a must see. It's 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 incredible film, and that that was part of why I was um, I was maybe a little more excited about the accountant than than I would have been if you just put I don't know Joe Schmo whoever like in the director's chair. I would be like, eh, that just kind of looks like pretty typical stuff. But I think. Gavin O'Connor did some some really um, unique and and a very appropriate for the story stuff in in Warrior that I don't I don't think the average director would have done. So it was weird to me because I'm with you. I I put a, a chunk of the blame at the feet of the director, maybe more at the feet of the screenwriter who also wrote the. the <laughs> I, will, I will I will comment on that here. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I I put some of the, I put a good chunk of the blame at his feet, and I'm I'm surprised by that because I thought I thought he was a better director than what uh, what this became. I agree, and I like Warrior as well. Strong, strong, quite strong. Uh, Miracle is a favorite movie of some people's. I distinctly remember seeing it in the theater. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, so and it's kind of been shown a lot over the years on TV. <laughs> sure. Yeah, more than most. So that's fine. But uh, this, a lot has to do with the screenwriter. You're right. But I mean, he knows how to shoot an action scene. I'll give him yeah. that. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to give him any anyway, spoilers here. We're still in general thoughts. But there's some, like I said, in the meat of the movie when, when bullets start to fly, if you will. Uh, I mean, it, you really feel it, and that's where he's at his best. I think as a director. Yeah. Uh, but the, a lot of the other stuff missed for me. Um, for still in general thoughts, J.K. Simmons' whole bit missed completely for me. Yes. The wow. bit with the Medina and her whole trying to figure out things and everything. And when it, when it, I mean, in the third act, when they bring it back, I mean, mm-hmm. so J.K. Simmons is kind of in it for, at the beginning, he's kind of introducing yeah. us to the story through some terrible exposition. I mean, it's some of the work, <laughs> yeah. like you think about, I'm sure as a screenwriter, your biggest, uh, challenge with with writing an original story is how do i how do i ex, you know give away do exposition without having it sound expositiony there is that mm-hmm. yeah. make sense yeah it's hard it's, it's hard. very we, hard we and harp sure on it all the time we harp on it, it all the time very it's hard like, to do here's another one where he's i guess pulling up her resume and he's like mm-hmm. oh you're a graduate of blah 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 you have three medals and oh you sir you worked here well that didn't work for me at all because it yeah. lasted for like two minutes and she was commenting on everything and then asking him stuff back and it I see what they're doing there, but it's just like I had to write it down. I'm like, oh, just no. You know? Yeah. Um there's maybe a better way to do it. I think they kinda already did it with the first scene of the movie where it's the doctor telling him he's autistic, you know, and mm-hmm. their parents that he's autistic and he you know, he has he has high mental capability, but he's just different, you know, kind of a thing. Yeah, and that was fine. That explained all I needed to know, and you can kind of move on after that. But I guess they kind of had to explain his involvement in the drug cartels and everything, which is another great idea. Okay, yeah. you guys, 
great idea. I thought this movie, if it could be, you said a uh, shooter and what? Um, uh, Jason Bourne. Jason I mean, Bourne. there's a lot okay. of Bourne. I thought if this could be Sicario mixed with the Equalizer or something, yeah, like totally. that could be sure. passable. Like kind of the yeah. best parts of those. Mm-hmm. That would be passable. They were, but uh, spoiler alert: they don't really get into the whole drug cartel accounting thing at all yeah. in this. They yeah. hint that that's what he's doing, and that's why they're trying to take him down. But the majority of the movie is them trying to take him down. Um, we need to talk Ben Affleck mm-hmm. and just kind of his whole deal. Uh, maybe I would have <laughs> liked this more, to be honest with you, Brian. If it, if I didn't know for a fact that he walked off the set of Batman v Superman and did this. Like he's so jacked <laughs> and there's yeah. no explanation for him being jacked in this. Yeah. It would have yes. kind of made sense. Uh, Gavin, if you had a scene with him just working out because he's OCD yeah. and he's obsessed with being a perfect person. Right. That's an easy You didn't even have to shoot it. You could have just stolen it straight out of Batman v Superman. Just put <laughs> that, stole crossfit that crossfit scene, right scene in there. Yeah, yeah. with the ropes. and. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, no, it's I just kind of never explained and it's an elephant in the room, you know? He's supposed to be this nerdy outcast, but he's so fit and attractive. It just doesn't, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it just kind of takes you out of it or in his character. I kind of want it, maybe want his character to be more of a, I don't know, a Tobey Maguire type, kind of an awkwardy kind of, you don't know who this guy is kind of a, he, but he can snipe you kind of a thing, you know? Yeah. I think like, was Ben Affleck even the right choice here? It's like, are we, you know? I, that's a good question. Um, I will say, I I thought he did a very I thought he did a very good job of handling two sides of a character that are very difficult to pull off. He was extremely oh, yeah. he was extremely good. You, all of your all of your your qualms are are totally um, I think correct or at least valid. Um, I think he did a an incredible job with the physicality of the movie because this is a this is a real physical um hand-to-hand combat kind of uh kind of look at action and he Mm -hmm. did that very well he did that to you know the same degree of like it's probably not fair to keep comparing him to jason Bourne and 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 matt damon because of their connection and all that but but he did that i think right up there with with what damon does on on those films without quite as much fast moving spin camera too which is it's impressive like they use (laughs) you use spin camera to hide the flaws in your choreography and whatnot um and well and to try to make the audience feel like they're in the action but the o'connor doesn't do that and so it looked great he did a great job with that and he also he did a very admirable job of portraying a character with uh a mental handicap i mean they never quite diagnose whether he's autistic or asperger's or or where he's at at the spectrum but they dance around and, and and rightly so like it's it's never a great idea, I think, in a movie, especially an action movie like this or something. You probably shouldn't just come out with a diagnosis. You should just dance around it because as soon as you do tag it with the diagnosis, then you are opening up uh, Pandora's box as far as criticism that comes with that. But he very clearly, obviously, he has some kind of uh, of mental deficiency, and he he does that very well. That that's very easy to mess up. I've you know I've in my real life. For the last 15 years, I've worked with with kids with autism and Asperger's and and uh, various issues such as that, and um, it often gets screwed up in movies. It's not done well very very often. And I think he I think he did a great job with with two sides of a character that 
don't necessarily, I think, get along, right? Like that's, it's a very difficult, he basically is playing two different people Mm -hmm. and that's, it's tough to do. Now you're totally right. Like it is kind of off-putting that he is this, uh, socially inept, um, outcast loner guy who also is packing about 300 pounds of pure muscle. You know, it's just an odd, it and does. He's so smart all the time. Like as soon yeah. as Anna Kendrick talks to him for about eight seconds and she's in love with him, you know? <laughs> right. Right. And, uh, which is kind of like where, what, what's been happening for the past 30 years, you know? <laughs> yeah. I guess he's yeah, so dedicated to his work. Maybe he moves around a lot. That's why he does. He, he moves around a lot. Yeah. They, they kind of, touch around that a little bit. He moves constantly. He's doing everything he can not to let anybody into, uh, into who he is. And, um, and that's a pretty, you know, like that's a very generic mm, character point, uh, or character trope. So, you know, it is what it is, but it, it does seem odd that he very clearly, he works out all the time and clearly he doesn't, he's not supposed to like talk to people and be normal. And then he is pretty quickly, um, at least very quite charming, I think, to towards Anna Kendrick, and that's an odd. That seems like a, a, a strange juxtaposition of what you this character would be like if we were, had seen him for thirty five years instead of for, uh, you know, twenty minutes at the beginning of the movie. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Like, mm-hmm. from a from an in life standpoint, it is kind of an odd. Uh, his his kind of turn, I guess, with with Anna Kendrick is an odd point. It's very odd. How far should we get into this before we start? Let's do it, man. We dance around the bush. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. Spoilers coming up now for the accountant. I guess we can start off with um, the fact that this guy's kind of a C- not a CIA agent. He's just kind of an independent assassin that's kind of contracted out. His dad was an army ranger. He or not army ranger, an army. Special forces, something. And he kind of forced his kids into being, going to Rajah Ghoul school kind of a thing. Did you (laughs) flashback to that from Batman Begins? Yeah. And uh, them doing kind of ninja combat at a young age. And so he he can do it all, basically. Yeah. Um, He can do it all. And what if we... (laughs) What did we think about him kind of practicing his skills as a sniper in the front yard of like his neighbor? <laughs> and then it was on a ranch. So on a ranch. Yeah, um, if he's that good, why does he need to go to this guy's house to do it? It's just kind of a weird way to show us that he's good at that, you know? Sure. By going to this random guy's ranch and he's drawing all these smiley faces on the fruit, you know, on the cantaloupes, and. They show him at the beginning of the movie. They show him when he opens his locker at one point, and I think he has, in in his uh, little airstream, he opens a door, and those smiley faces are like on the inside of the door, like all the yeah. different ones. But it's never mentioned or explained what those mm-hmm. mean. I feel like that was a kind of a cutout scene or something. Yeah, like, maybe because uh... I kept waiting for that to play somewhere about like, oh, these are the kind of personalities what? he deals with or something and he's trying to X him out of his life or something like, you know what I mean? There was, I sure. expected I, something there, but it was just like, we're going to tease you with this or is that kind of his, I, that's I his know. behavioral that I, I knew what those were. So I didn't, I didn't key in on that. Um, the, for some, for some autistic kids, Asperger's kids, people who are on the spectrum somewhere, 
uh, and adults as well. They, one of the big things with um, those difficulties is that you don't understand how to have human emotion or what human emotion means. And you need a, it's like you need a reminder, like those things everywhere are for two reasons. They're to remind him that he needs to show emotion, smiles and frowns and things like that. Um, yeah. And as a reminder of like what that means when other people, he, he mentioned it, he does it a few times in the movie and they, you're right. Like they didn't, I, they didn't draw enough attention to it to kind of explain why. I mean, they show it, but they, I just expected an yes. explanation. That's good to well, know. Even, I had no even, idea that it yes. was something that is for people with his condition. I didn't, yes. I did even not in know conver- that. In conversation a couple of times, he says something like, like somebody emotes and he says, oh, you're mad. Like that's, that was a character um, point of like, mm-hmm. and that's something that, that people with, with those sorts of uh, those disabilities that, or, or, or issues or whatever, um, that's something that they will, that they will do. And will say is like, the idea is for me as a person with this, this disability to, um, to identify what you are, what you are feeling in that moment, so that then I can react. Oh, I understand what it means. Does that makes sense. Just, okay. Yeah, I'm just. Yeah. That's what those things were. Well, so you I, know what? You're, you're you wouldn't. Nobody right. would that's, ever know yeah. that who did not already know that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like no, to me, totally honestly, makes- Brian, I thought it had something to do with his, you know, like zodiac symbol, like what he would leave. Behind, you know what I'm <laughs> okay. saying? Or like sure. something to do with the cartel or something. You know, I sure. honestly thought. Like we're gonna see boxes of drugs at the end of the movie with those smileys on them or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, sure. And I see. That, I didn't honestly in on that at all because I did know what it was. But you're totally right. Like if if yeah, I had uh, no idea. That's something that probably that should have been addressed at some point. And the same with with him saying those what I mentioned earlier, like oh you're mad. Like that should have been addressed in a way. And maybe it was, and we just missed that one line of exposition. But I I don't remember it anyway. Of if you if you kind of would have if you would have given him a little bit more time to show um maybe you know they're doing all these flashbacks constantly throughout the movie and, right. and i think they're used to to varying levels of success if you give us one where we get something of a a teacher or a mentor or a, a, a buddy somebody trying to teach him those things and and kind of key in on that for for two minutes i think that maybe that alleviates some of the stress or the uh, the confusion there um for for you or for anybody who doesn't know that this is a pretty normal thing for people who who have this um this, this presentation uh yeah. of this, who are on the spectrum sorry i keep dancing around because i never even know what the <laughs> what the proper terminology it seems like it changes quite frequently and so i don't want to say something that just you know already did too late. unintentionally you offended everybody just stop stop probably stop probably. probably so um there's I mentioned earlier before spoilers about, you know, good intentions that just at the end of the day, it's just like, ugh, you know, one of those for me is where he gets contracted out to audit the company, the robotics company or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And they have the montage of him doing the numbers on all the pieces of glass and everything. I just hated that so much. (laughs) I was just like, this is the most cliche, dumb thing. The music was off, and it had him like whispering in the background, like, mm-hmm. but layered on top of each other. You know, right? <laughs> just yeah. like five, just like layered twenty-five times, and then numbers going across the screen and writing yeah. and erasing. It was just 
Yeah, and then uh, Paul it, Bettany comes on screen. It's really right, weird. Exactly. Like, oh, I whoa. mean, how many times have we seen those? I mean, I guess it's like it's like you would MacGruber two is gonna have one of those, you know? <laughs> oh please, I, gosh, I hope that happens now. Or you're, oh. you're just doing maybe the social network kind of like cemented that where if you're writing numbers on glass at any point, it's like oh god, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. But maybe I don't know. It just that was just the most eye rolling moment of this movie for me by far. Was when that was yeah. all going, and it was so long too. Oh, it was it, that had to have been a minute of the movie, if not more. <laughs> yeah, felt longer. Yeah, as if we're actually doing the math in the audience. Like, well, we need to stay on that longer. People at home <laughs> need to catch up with him, you know. Uh, so they move on to that, and I actually something I liked about this was the fact that you know he found the pattern in the numbers with the threes, like uh, noticing that the deposits, some of them had threes and the second digit or whatever. Uh -huh. you know, it's obviously somebody's trying to think of random numbers, but subconsciously they're putting three as the second one to make it seem right. random. You know, I sure. thought that was a good moment and another yeah, like, cool. like, uh, okay, this movie could have something here. Um, and so that was another moment for me like that. I don't know about you. If you thought that, do yeah. you think the Anna Kendrick stuff at all worked or the robotics company? I mean, to me, honestly, Brian, uh, when they give us the first scene, they tell us about, you know, Ben Affleck, and then they give us the second kind of uh, plot line with J.K. Simmons, and uh, that's kind of all I need, <laughs> to be honest. Like, this yeah. could have been, okay, this guy is the accountant for the drug cartel, uh, we need to find him and kill him. Mm -hmm. or, he, or, you know, yes. like, there I didn't is... need him auditing this and having this big conflicted uh, you know, personal thing about trying to help this company and put away these people that are doing, you know, John Lithgow and that whole thing. I just kind of how that weaves way, in. It, 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 it try, they try to weave it in yes. way too oh many times. They and they try to hard. bring the thing in with John Bernthal and then that's coming in in a different direction. Yeah. And it's flying at you. And it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's it kind of brings too much. It yeah. kind of could have simplified this down and maybe made this a tighter more yes. exciting film like if it's more isolated does that make sense like i I kind of i really actually liked the stuff at the farm house the guy mm -hmm. had, mm -hmm. like when shit hits the fan and everything you know in the in the farmhouse and bullets are mm -hmm. flying everywhere and that's great and then when he has to rescue andrew kendrick when they kind of assault her apartment you know and he yeah. comes in and saves the day like those moments are like whoa you know mm -hmm. those are great and then everything else is just kind of there, and, and then you don't care. You know, that's kind of where yeah. I felt. No, I I am hundred percent with you. The Anna Kendrick stuff was fine. I didn't mind. I I like her, and I thought I thought her character actually did have some bearing on the plot as a whole. That was you know that was fine. And I also I I will say this in the in the plus category, I'll give them credit for stopping where they did with the as far as any kind of uh, romantic relationship that might exist there, like that was a really awkward and uncomfortable moment in the, in the hotel between the two of them. And I thought that O'Connor and, and whoever else, like they stopped it at the right spot and didn't, didn't try to take us down that tangent of like really exploring their romantic relationship, which right. no one cares about. No <laughs> one cares about that. Uh... So, <laughs> I, I, thought they, I, I no. thought that was done well um and and handled pretty properly i could not ha i enjoyed the, i thought the flashback stuff was good i thought the present day stuff between 
uh, of just him and his his clients and then him trying to uh, all the stuff with the robotics that all that was fine. The J.K. Simmons storyline was so unnecessary <laughs> and also horribly uninteresting. And it took I felt like that scene where they're in his house it, it and makes- he's explaining to uh, Medea like why he's he's on the trail of the accountant that felt like it was an hour and a half long (laughs) i just it makes you yeah i I tuned out (laughs) you know i think i started texting you guys about something else which i don't really do in the theater you know there there was literally there was one other person in the theater so it didn't really matter but um, but, and then I, you know, I tune back in and it's like, is he still explaining why <laughs> he cares about this? Like, this is, this is the stupidest thing. I don't care. I don't care about any of this. And, um, that, that stuff all, all needs to go. There's a draft of this story somewhere that's an hour and 40 minutes long instead of two hours and eight minutes long. And it is so much better. And it starts with cutting that storyline completely and replacing JK Simmons with somebody who makes a I don't know a fifth of what J.K. Simmons made for for this movie like the character is completely superfluous that storyline doesn't matter at all you could rewrite that with like two lines of exposition I think I think having I think you need a some sort of FBI or uh gosh what in what uh what did they did they work for was it uh FBI no it was like I thought it was uh I thought it was t- the treasury the treasury right like he works for the treasury I, whatever you need some government agent trying to figure out who he is and that's fine but that could have just been Medea with like I like how two- he ca- I like how he carried the uh picture of of in the, in the whole in the newspaper article yeah. in his pocket yeah, the whole time in, in a Ziploc bag just in case he needed to tell someone that story it's it's brutal that is a brutal story bad. that is it, it, yeah, it has to be cut, and then the stuff with John Barenthal is maybe not equally bad, but, but that you spend this entire movie with this his brother, it, like the brother is just kind of hanging over everything that happens in the movie, and I didn't, I don't know if you did. I'm interested to know if you figured out that that, that was his brother before. Oh, I figured. Oh, I was okay. I was I just like, if they don't bring the brother back into yeah. this, this is the worst use of child actors I've seen because he was <laughs> yeah. terrible. It the makes br- no child sense. Brother. It's like, why yeah. have him in this at all if he's not going to have any bearing on the plot? Right. And then, so once I once they had the scene where he kind of, uh, it's nighttime and the guy goes downstairs and he's, you know, already in his kitchen kind of thing, and then he holds yeah. him up. Uh, that's when I knew it was his brother. I okay. don't know how, but I was just like, oh, that's the, br- yeah. that's the brother. Well, you're smarter than me. I hadn't figured it out, but to be honest, I I. I don't work like my mind doesn't work that way. I try really hard yeah. not to figure yeah. out the mystery. I just want to be entertained. Um, but I think in hindsight, you're like, oh, that was the really obvious thing. And it and it doesn't matter. Like it <laughs> it really doesn't add anything to the story. And you get that really right on the heels of this big reveal with J.K. Simmons that doesn't it's not it it doesn't feel like a big reveal at all. And so when you go straight from that into other oh, brothers it really starts to feel like this this whole third act, which I've been harping on from the beginning, is just is a is not just a complete mess, is like an intentionally muddled mess. We're just like, what what were you thinking? Why why did we think that that all of this needed to be brought together with these B plot and C plot stories that that really 
Like, is anybody excited? Does anybody care about that J.K. Simmons storyline? No, I understand. Yeah. Uh, what What really pissed me off about it was the fact that he, when he's sitting down there telling her the story, uh, he's saying like, "Yep, uh, good old Christian Wolf, the accountant." <laughs> like, as right. if he knew the yeah. entire time who the Christian Wolf, the accountant was. Why at the beginning of the movie did he tell her? Go find out who the accountant is. Like mm-hmm. he acts like yeah. he knew who it was the whole time, and how he's yeah. been enacting revenge on the accountant for, you know, or actually not, or actually he spares him because he spared his life or whatever. Right. Uh, right. But that's it. Just acted like, well, why? Why did she have to go do all that? Why did she have to narrow down the names? Why did she have mm-hmm. to do all this mm-hmm. to find the CPAs and all that? Uh, you know what I mean? Like it seemed like yeah. he knew. Exactly who to look for the entire time. Right. It's just if you like, would have just what? given more information from the get go, <laughs> then she probably has a better chance of busting this story. It's or, or, or finding I guess this. Guy, maybe right? J.K. Simmons is just there to show. And I'm sorry, I'm just calling him J.K. Simmons. I forgot his character's <laughs> name. Uh, I'm sure it sounded important to his character, but maybe he's there to show Christian Wolf's good side. Like he spares. He's not a total cold-blooded killer. Like he didn't kill everybody or. Maybe he yeah. didn't kill J.K. Simmons on purpose so that he could kill him later. It's never really kind of established, but I don't know why. Why have that to show maybe yeah. the yeah. the scale at to which he's such a bad guy that the mm-hmm. you know the treasury's after him and the FBI's <laughs> after him. You know, uh, he's that to that to show the scale of his crimes. Is that it or I I don't know. But he's got a code. He's got a code, man. You can't violate his uh, his moral code. He'll have uh, his his handler tell J.K. Simmons about some crime you're doing. Like it's a, it just all of these things. Um, it's not just that they don't matter; it's that they actively take away from what was. I think we're both saying was a very enjoyable uh, and, and and fun in a way. Like this is a really good action movie for our hour fifteen minutes, and then it just gets oh, it's got so one yeah. bogged down with, with this junk that. It just, it's weird to me. It's just weird. It's like, you can maybe pull off one of these things. Like, it's its weird that somebody in the process of making this movie didn't storyboard this and say, okay, <laughs> everything in this column, you can pick one. You can have, uh, you can have the, uh, you can have the J.K. Simmons story. You can have the Anna Kendrick story. You can have the, the John Barenthal, by the way, he's his brother story. Um, and, and even the, gosh, the, the reveal at the end made me want to stab my eyes with the fact, oh, it turns out that his handler is actually this girl from the home that he yeah. has been sending all his money to like, oh my yeah, the donating and all then, his money all, and yeah, yes. And they hit like back to back to back where you're just like, it feels like you're just being bombarded with storyline that, that I, no one was asking these questions. No one, no one cares. And uh, some po- at yeah. some oh, point, remember that girl he knew when say, he was a kid? Yeah. Yes, remember that girl from the first, first scene of the, of the movie? movie? Well, yeah. she's still here, and he's exactly. giving the money to her. Oh gosh, that was so wrong. Well, now that we know, and, we can leave. Oh, here. Well, that that makes yeah. the whole movie better. Uh, <laughs> pick one of those things. You can have one. Everything else is about him um, trying to escape this group that's trying to kill him, and him just wrecking shop on dudes. Because yeah. it, you know what? It was. It was a crap ton of fun to watch him, to watch Ben Affleck just kicking butt and just wrecking dudes. That was, and and, it, and he did that. Uh, he had the physicality down, and it's, it's all these things where you're just like, dude, this is pretty, 
this is pretty awesome. Yeah. And then, uh, and then we just, boy, it just, it, it actively works against the stuff that, that the movie had going for it. Yeah. Speaking of going for it, I really liked the Airstream trailer, how he mm-hmm. kind of kept all his work stuff in there and hey, he had a normal house on the outside. Right. I never really understood their surveillance still, you know, maybe he yeah. did, was obsessed with surveillance, but that was a dead giveaway. Mm-hmm. Had he not had all those cameras in his yard, like would they have ever found him, you know, or yeah, suspected sure. him to actually be the guy? Uh, but he did have a machine gun in the, in the yeah, garage. Yeah, that was a real yeah, turret. Are they? Why would oh, he? How is he protecting that? the how front he... of the house? Well, he has the biggest machine. gun So you're gun telling he me he's yeah. Anytime you see somebody, he's just mowing him down with. <laughs> he's just, yeah, he's just constantly hanging out in the garage. Like nobody oh, noticed man. that yet. Yeah, this mailman does something weird. <laughs> I'm just destroying. It. Like it's just it's a really stupid plot point. In what again? The first hour, hour and a half. It's it's not just that it's entertaining and it's pretty. It's it's relatively smart, don't you think? Like it's a pretty intelligent yeah. design for for a plot, and then. It's just yeah. a plethora of terrible ideas in the last, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes. Yeah, I really liked that Airstream. I thought that was nice. Uh, yeah. It's just something that could have worked, you know? Uh, yes. there's, a, yes. there's some meat there. there there's definitely a, a good chunk of fat in this movie that felt like mm-hmm. it could work. Especially, I mean, when he kind of... That apartment scene is awesome. I mean, he it's, it's, yes. it's, it's the uh, the guy pulls out the knife. You know, like the big knife, and then he just takes off his belt or whatever. <laughs> yes. And it's yes. just belt versus knife, and you're just like, oh, yeah, this is going to be good. Yeah. And he just kicks that guy's butt with the yeah. belt. You know? This is awesome. And because, it's just like you know one shot, you know, you're just like, oh, God, yeah, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. One that's of the great. best scenes in any of the Bourne movies is when he, he wrecks the dude with the magazine. Like, he just <laughs> rolls up a magazine <laughs> and whips him. And that's like such a, like, man, that was a really cool thing to do. And that's the same when he, when he pulls his belt off, you're just like, oh my gosh, he's going to beat this dude with his belt. Like, this is awesome. That stuff works. And they, and, they, they kind of hint at it in the beginning when he was a kid. Wasn't he getting whipped in the Jakarta or something yeah, yeah, like yeah, that? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so he obviously had whipping skills that they had to <laughs> use. Yeah. I'm glad that paid off. They got that sure. setup paid off. But I got the point there. That's great. And then when he's kind of raiding her apartment with a pistol and there's kind of that one um, that one dolly shot. Not dolly shot. There's one tracking shot of him mm-hmm. kind of entering mm-hmm. the place with the pistol. And he's just kind yeah. of, as the guys are coming out, he's just kind of pistol whipping and killing everybody that kind of appears, you know? Mm-hmm. There's a great probably I don't know 17 seconds there. That was a great little action set piece. And uh so when he kind of meets her and they start to tag team and that's when I started to think I was like is this is this trying to be Bond? Yeah. Like is this mm-hmm. the Bond girl? Is he like a is this kind of a porn <laughs> thing? Like, I I it didn't even occur to me that this was going trying to be some kind of franchise type of thing. I literally thought this was a one-off like Ben Affleck's going for an Oscar kind of a thing. I, I honestly, mm-hmm. that's what I felt going in. Like he's going to go for this kind of weird off putting, but yet violent character. And sure. at the end is when he's really going to bring it, you know? And, but then flipped it on his head in the in the middle of the movie. I was just like, Oh, is this, is this John wick? You know, is this, is that <laughs> what they're trying to go for? And then I kind of viewed it yeah. through a different lens at that point. So mm-hmm. I don't know if they could do the franchise out of this, but. We shall see. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm not opposed to, I'm not opposed to, to this this Affleck character in a franchise. It's just 
but we gotta we gotta we gotta tune up the story a lot like a lot we gotta cut out <laughs> about half of the stuff because it's just it's too freaking much about half <laughs> roundabouts round it up round it round it up 70 percent. 70 percent. cut it out yeah uh I kind of agree with you, and that's sad. It's sad. Yeah, it is. It's frustrating. Like, if this is a... There is a good you, episode yes. of... Uh, there's a good 25-minute episode of TV in this movie that sure. you could I could assemble right now via my editing uh-huh. suite. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's it. I mean, the rest is just, uh, just kind of... Tell me later, I think there's you know? a very good 90-minute version of this movie somewhere. It's just... Uh-huh. <laughs> it's just swallowed up in uh whatever the rest is the other hour and a, or the other uh 30 or 40 minutes you're just like what the frack are we doing man like this doesn't this doesn't add anything to the, the story it's disappointing but uh you want to hit some grades here i'm kind of talked out on this one the accountant never thought i'd get 10 minutes out i know of myself, we've, we've but... gone uh quite a long ways on wow. the account here i'm gonna give this one brian a c plus Nice. That's uh, I think that's that's right in line with my grade. I which, was I was thinking B minus coming in, yeah, but since we yeah. talked about it, I'm like, no, this is a C. This is not a yeah. B. Kind of the same. It's which is a bummer because again, I think uh, I think if you would have stopped the movie at uh, right before J.K. Simmons starts talking again, <laughs> I think I'm going with like A minus to a maybe even an A. Like I really dug the first two hours, but or the first two acts. The third act is so bad. I. You don't I really like his fedoras. Like... <laughs> Gosh, um, I kind of <laughs> honestly, man, he's a I cop. He's got to wear fedoras, right? He's a jaunty cop. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I kind of thought that maybe he wasn't even going to come back into the movie. Like there was a a good chunk of time where I was like, maybe did is J.K. Simmons in this movie? Right? I, like I why? Why did, did we only have that scene just to set up yeah. that Just he's a bad guy? Like, yeah. I don't I don't really understand. So I, I'm with you. I'm gonna I'm gonna go C plus and I'm I'm kinda mad about that C plus because I really thought I really would have liked this to have been uh to have been an A just based on how much I enjoyed the early stages. Yeah. Ben Affleck's next movie comes out this year. It's called Live by Night. And I saw the trailer yeah. to it. And speaking of Fedoras <laughs> I don't know what to think about this trailer, to be honest. This looks like it could be a miss. I don't either. It, you know it what? looks like Gangster Squad. It does. It it reeks of, and this 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 could be a good thing. So I'll, I'll I'm willing to give it the benefit of the doubt. But it it's a it reeks of a of a passion project, and that is always an iffy proposition. Like this, really, that really seems like. <laughs> WB got him to be to be Batman and and to have to deal with Zack Snyder a couple times a year and uh, and as punishment he gets to just make whatever movie he wants to make and this you know it's a Dennis Lehane novel that it's based on it's in Boston and all this sort of stuff like that's just that's the most Ben Afflecky type of movie ever <laughs> and you know that can turn out well sometimes passion projects work really well and a lot of times they don't so. I'm not as so. People are really buzzed about that one, and I'm 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 just gonna I want to produced see by Leo DiCaprio as well, mm-hmm. directed mm-hmm. by Ben. And yep. I love how they have to say from the director of Argo in the town. <laughs> yeah, you could just say Ben Affleck. We yeah. all know who Ben Affleck. Is. Yeah, Ben Affleck's not Mel Gibson. We can still say his name uh, <laughs> in a trailer. We have to completely hide it. Uh, 
Yeah, I don't know what to think about this one. It comes out uh, Christmas Day, December twenty fifth. Budget of ninety million. Yeah, that's that's risky. That's a lot of money to put on the line for a movie like that. So, uh, and it doesn't get wide release until middle of January. So, that you know that can be good and and bad. So we'll we'll see. But. By the way, Gavin O'Connor's last movie, which came out last year, called Jane Got a Gun, with yeah. Natalie Portman. Yeah. It's, uh, it did not do well. That had budget a of, ma- had a budget of twenty five million, and it made yeah. three million dollars. <laughs> and he, gosh, I'd have to look up the the Wikipedia or whatever. There's there were all kinds of behind the scenes issues. I he was either gosh he was either the original director and didn't finish the movie or the vice versa. Like somebody else was directing and left mid production, and and someone else stepped in. I just I can't remember which one it was, but it did not. Because that movie was supposed to come out in like Michael Fassbender was in talks to play, but he left. Yeah, uh, it was supposed to have come out a long time ago, and it Jude Law was supposed to be in it, I guess, at one point too. Yeah, yeah, it had all kinds of massive problems. Uh, Bradley Cooper you know, was in it. Yeah, was supposed to you be know, in it. You and McGregor. It just went uh, back and forth. You know what else he directed though? He directed the Americans pilot, which is a fantastic oh, pilot. Yeah. He, I think he's, he's not a, a very creator. Good director. Of the, he's not a creator no. of the Americans. No, not a creator, but he was the guy they wanted to come in and and, and make the pilot. So, I think he's. I, I'm gonna chalk this up to a bad script and and then just trying to do too much with it and hope that next go around, yeah, we're getting something better because it would be really. I, I there's nothing. There's no bigger bummer to me as a movie nerd than a a a one hit wonder director, a director who can make a great film. And then for the rest of his or her career, it's just chasing that high, I guess, and never, never gets to it. Like that's a, that's a bummer to me. Absolutely. So let's move on and let's talk, uh, weekly recommends, Brian. Weekly recommends. Okay. What's your recommend? I'm going to go with a, uh, a movie that I watched uh, last night that, I, I don't know. I don't know how popular it is, so it's hard for me to. It's it's about fifteen, sixteen years old. Um, it's Christopher Guest's Best in Show, uh, which is such a triumph of comedy. He's got mascots out on Netflix. Can't you watch mascots? Right? Have yeah. You, you've seen that? Okay. I haven't seen it yet. Um, Richard and I and Kent, you're welcome to join in if you would like to. Richard and I are going to be writing a piece for the newsletter, uh, just kind of comparing some of the characters from past Christopher Guest movies. Best in Show and Waiting for Guffman and A Mighty Wind and Spinal Tap and so on. Uh, so I, I've been kind of working my way back through his catalog because it's been it's probably been a decade since I've seen Best in Show. It's such a freaking funny movie. It's so it's so funny. It's so good. Um, there are better characters within the Christopher Guest universe in Waiting for Guffman especially in Spinal Tap. I think Best in Show is his best movie, and the ensemble is out of this world. And uh, he gets a lot of those same people for some of the other movies, but for whatever reason, I think the <laughs> if you've never seen it, it's a mockumentary yeah. about uh, dog show people, like professional dog showers. And it's that I think that world just lends itself to the insanity of his writing and his characters. And uh, man, it's such a funny movie it's not on netflix or uh 
Amazon or anything like that, you'd have to rent it on Amazon or, or wherever else or, you know, put in an actual DVD like I did. But uh, it's so worth your time. And it's like 90 minutes long. Super funny. Uh, yeah. And it, I think it's a great introduction. I think it might be the most accessible movie that he's done. I think it's an awesome introduction to Christopher Guest if you haven't ever seen any of his movies or, or have had a hard time getting into them. I think that's the one to start with. So Best in Show is my recommend. Great movie. Yeah, it is. I rewatched it maybe two months ago, and Sweet. it holds up. Excellent. Yes. Oh, uh, Eugene Levy in those movies is just so good, you know, and yes. so is uh, Catherine O'Hara, yeah. American Treasure, Catherine O'Hara. Totally. And Fred Willard. They just, and Fred Willard, they, fit, they oh, fit so gosh. well in that world for some reason. Mm-hmm. They need, he needs to yep. just make movies with those three, Eugene Levy, Fred Willard, and Catherine O'Hara, and I'll watch all of them, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. He's he's so good. Uh Mascots is I guess worth the watch if you're a Christopher Guest fan. Um, okay. I would say it's not not his best work, but it's worth a watch on a just random day, you know, kind mm. of a middle of an afternoon kind of a watch. Sure. I'm glad it's on Netflix. It's not it's, I would have been disappointed if I went out and seen it. Right. But, uh, it's perfect for Netflix and uh it's a funny idea, I'll say that. Mascots mm-hmm. are very strange people that are mascots and we've had the whole kitty talk on or furry talk on here before <laughs> i mean it's just a very different people you know um same people that raise dogs to be in dog shows their whole lives i mean it's just right. they're not right. necessarily weird they're just different and they're they're worth telling kind of stories about and things mm-hmm. and uh so mascots definitely worth your time if you're i'm sure you'll watch it brian but uh yeah, I'd give yeah. it a if I'm gonna grade it, I'd give it a B. B. Fair. Okay. I mean, uh, there's some fun fun moments, um, but uh, it's not best in the show. I think everyone knew that. Sure. But sure. All right, that's a good recommend though. I'm gonna recommend something on Netflix as well. We uh, I actually want to tease something first. We're actually doing a World Series special on the show coming up yes which we'll yes. be talking about major league as well as rookie of the year in the same episode kind of a double review <laughs> comparing contrast those movies and in honor of the cubs and indians making it to the mm-hmm. world series so that that'll be coming out later in the week so be on the lookout for that and you can watch major league on netflix now i believe it's it's up, so prep yourself for that. I don't know, mate. Rookie of the Year is worth buying on Blu-ray, so just do that too. <laughs> yeah, or Laserdisc, right? Anything. Yeah, <laughs> and it's original form, Laserdisc. <laughs> so yeah. that's a good one. But um, Black Mirror is back on oh, Netflix. Yeah. I don't know if you'd seen it, Brian, or if I you're haven't. A fan. I haven't seen it yet. I'm super. Have excited. you seen the old Black Mirror? I have seen probably half of the episode, like one season of yeah. it. Essentially, oh, it's so good, so good. Um, but what it is, it's kind of a anthology series in a way yeah it reminds me of the twilight zone and the fact that every story or every episode is just a different kind of story uh you don't really there's no really recurring characters of any kind there's no plot to follow between episodes i mean you can turn on a random episode from any season and it's it kind of one hour independent story so that's good yeah yeah um but it's back and the one i uh it's actually season three right now a Black Mirror. I think Netflix actually acquired the rights to Black Mirror, yeah. Black Mirror and so that's what they're going to be doing now, which is definitely preferred. Uh, I discovered it on Netflix. I think it was on the BBC before, 
mm-hmm. previously, and uh, so Netflix has it now. But I recommended one last year uh, in season two called "Be Right Back" with Domino Gleason, which it's basically yeah you can bring somebody back to life kind of a thing. It, the, the show is in Twilight Zone similar mm-hmm. in the fact that they kind of explore society and yeah. kind of dark things like what would happen if you know uh American Idol was the biggest show on TV or it is but they do that kind of in an episode where somebody come becomes extremely famous and how that uh kind of propels things uh they they explore different aspects of technology and how we become attached to it so the one I'm going to mm-hmm. what I'm what I'm going to recommend is called Nosedive and it's season 1 or season 3 episode 1 and it's got Bryce Dallas Howard and uh what's her name from uh Star Trek? Alice Eve? Alice Eve, that's it. Okay. All right. Alice Eve and her. So basically there's a social network that like everyone's a part of. Uh I guess it's kind of like Facebook to the max. But uh everybody just lives on the fact of their of their score. So you're kind of rated one to five stars, every single person. Mm-hmm. And everybody is just going through life trying to stay at five stars, right? You're trying right. to – every interaction you have with a person gives that other person you interacted with the opportunity to rate you. If sure. That makes sense. Yeah, so yeah. It's just – it follows Bryce Dallas Howard, and she's just desperate to stay out of five stars. Mm-hmm. But then she her score just keeps going down, and it's like an hour. Of, it's just like watching her downfall and her desperate climb to try to maintain her score. It's just a very interesting hour of television mm-hmm. on Netflix that you should check out. And uh, I mean, yeah, there are more in this uh, season that I'm going to recommend at later dates, but that's just a great introduction to uh, sure. what the show is and the new season. So, you know, one of the things they do really well, and this is what I think this is what um, Twilight Zone always did very well is too, was it they took these situations that seemed it's just like really close to real, right? Like it, like that. What you're describing there is the one with Domino Gleason. It's kind of is a like, satirical it's a, look, but it's yeah. not quite satirical, and that's where it derives its its horror from. I think that's where Twilight Zone was really great too. It's just that those are dated now, you know, because they're they're so old. But they're taking um like a it's like a a, a different way to look at a real life issue or problem or a real life horror or terror and that's what black mirror does so well it, it's i love that. It's so like realistic it's, it's very realistic and everything that happens just seems like real life adjacent like it's just two degrees off from real life and that two degrees is horrifying you know, some of those black mirror they they remind me a little bit of of um of her oh this it, one does i, I yeah. was just about to say this new one this reminds me of her. Like if her was the complete opposite, and your life yeah. was just spiraling out of control. It shows <laughs> you how close it. Re- it shows you how close her is to being a horror movie. Like it's just really. It's it's like two <laughs> degrees different from just being the most terrifying movie of all time. And instead, it's a um, a very modern, in some ways, very sweet kind of romantic comedy in a odd. <laughs> off-putting kind of way uh anyway that's a great recommend black, black mirror is awesome i love the, the stuff that they do with that and the way that um each you know director and writer comes in and takes 
yeah. these uh, <laughs> these real life situations and just tweaks them enough. Oh, to I cannot it. wait for yeah. Netflix because uh, it, they've got uh, six episodes in this season. They usually had four or sometimes three in season one. So Netflix is really going to put some money into this and give us hopefully a season a year. I mean, I cannot wait for that. Yeah. But man, the one with Domino Gleason in season two, be right back. I mean, that's like, that's among the top five episodes of TV I've ever seen. Like I've wow. done any show. Like it's, it could be a really good movie if they really want, like it's that good. Like he's that good in it. And it's that impactful, like the story and everything about, reconnecting with somebody who died that you were married to, you know, like it's, mm -hmm. it's really good. Really, really good. That one's only 45 minutes, I think. So it's not even an hour. So check that one out too. But Black Mirror, awesome. it's back. Can't wait. Well, what we can do is, uh, say, we'll see you next week. What are we talking next week? Actually? Gosh, I don't know. Can't um, probably, we'll, we'll do something Halloweeny next week, right? Is I think that's Halloween? a good idea. Is it Halloween coming yeah. up that Halloween soon? is next week. Halloween is next week. Yeah, we'll have a Halloween episode maybe up before yeah. Halloween. If, okay, we're uh, we're gonna have. I think the next couple of episodes you'll hear will be of the uh, throwback sort of variety. I think. I think that's what we'll, yeah. we'll end up doing. Well, it's, it's. I think Doctor Strange is the next. Uh, Doctor Strange and Hacksaw movie. Ridge come out on the same day. Okay, so we'll have to do that. I want to do the o Oasis documentary at some point. Oh yeah, I, sure. The, the, the guy that did the Amy Winehouse one did that, so wow. it's supposed to okay. be. This will be really good, but we'll see. But uh, we'll see you next time at the cinema. But Brian, where can we find you on the internet? I am on the Twitter at bgill 12 and you can find my writing at madaboutmoviespodcast.com and the Mad About Movies podcast newsletter. That next issue is, is coming up uh, pretty quick, so you might want to subscribe to that. You get like three or four little pieces that uh, we – have written and have put a little bit of time into and really enjoy doing. So if that's been a really cool way to reach out with you guys and, and converse, we'd love to have you join the ranks of the newsletter. Kent, where can we find you? You can find me online uh, at Kent Garrison. You can find me on the Twitter at Kent Garrison. You can find me on KentGarrison.com. You can find our show on MadAboutMoviesPodcast.com. You can find us on iTunes. Hit subscribe. Give us five stars. Tell a friend. That helps grow the show. And uh, I guess until next time, I uh, will see you at the cinema. Goodbye. Hey, baby, Bye. I hear the blues are calling, tossed salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya ya. The salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. <laughs> <laughs>